What's up, what's up? Lee Bishop here, Mood Not Moods Podcast. I got my homeboy, brother from another mother, Kareem Daniels in the building. What's the deal, yo? How you doing there, bro? Hanging in there, man. Living the LA lifestyle. Just kidding, I am not. Uh, <laughs> I am not living the LA lifestyle. I'm just here in LA. I do not want to live the LA lifestyle. <laughs> please, please do not label me that guy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man. So how you doing, man? How you been? Um, living life, dealing with life, dealing with life, dealing with life. Are you familiar? Go ahead. You about to say something? I was just just dealing with all of the shit that comes with life. <laughs> oh no doubt, no doubt. Are you familiar with the red pill? I a little bit, yeah. What you, what's a little bit? What do you know so far? Um. Well, I know that you know the Matrix reference, but is there? I know that there's a show too. Well, it came it came from the Matrix reference, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's yeah. the show? What show are you talking about? Uh, I think there was a podcast, is a Red Pill podcast or a show. There's a bunch of them. Bunch of them, yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of uh, bitter men talking <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about their unsuccessful marriages and divorces and relationships, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. They're not, they're, some of them are bitter, some of them are not. They're, it's just a big red pill warning to men who, who, who it's like mainly like 40 plus men who have been divorced or, you know, and have kids, single parents now and, and are just like living their best lives now because they're making okay or good money and they're just fucking young, young bitches uh, like they did in their younger years. Or maybe they didn't and they just got married too young. And now they're catching up on time because they got fucked over by a woman who they spent over 10 years with. And, you know, at the age of 20 or 30, they got married and they grew apart because, yeah, when you're 20 years old, you're not going to be the same person as you were in your late 30s or early 40s. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she's going to change. You're going to change. The sex is going to diminish and your kids are going to get older. And you need to start making more bread, and she wants to find new dick, and then you're bitter because she cheats, or or you cheat because you're bored, or you know what I mean? It's a two way yeah. street, and uh, so a lot of a lot of the mentors are older, and so they're trying to warn the younger guys to not go the same route that they did because divorce is for the most part not on our side, and it hurts our pockets, our hearts, our minds. It stresses us out. We go into a depression, or and, and some of us win, and we're you know, and then, and we're okay. But most of us do not. So that's that's the red pill situation. But I've been going down that rabbit hole since my breakup, which was a few years ago, and I just find it interesting. Uh, you know, red pill, MGTOW, uh, blue pill, black pill, pink pill. All kinds of peels. Um, it's just it's just insane. And I try to talk to my other friends about it, and some of them know about it, some of them don't. It's just interesting. Uh, you know, you got Coach Greg Adams, Kevin Samuels, you know, Fresh Fit Podcast, yeah. uh, the RPW movement or whatever it's called, a lot of uh, Manosphere uh, podcasts. It's just interesting to hear uh, their perspectives on, on women. I'm... Uh... I've, I've I've been catching clips of some of it, some of it here and there, and actually it's funny to me because a lot of it is stuff that I've been saying for since I was in my twenties. Mm. 
was observations that I had been uh, like a. Uh, I, I watched probably more Kevin Samuel's stuff than I have uh, any of the group. I have seen some of the Fit Fresh, some clips. Fresh so, yeah, I, I seen some of their clips and stuff, and uh, and it, it. I mean, it's, it's like everything else. There's some truth to to all of it, you know. Oh yeah, uh, you know you. It, it was always we talked about men having midlife crisis and like mm. that was a thing or that was a bad thing and actually I think it was just that men that finally they got to a place and uh, they w- realized that they weren't really living themselves mm. like they were working to take care of their family and their wife was making decisions about what they were doing because you know once you had uh, and actually once you get married your schedule isn't your schedule anymore. It's her schedule. It's mm. or it's you know because uh, I know when when all of my friends got married, ask them, hey, what are you doing? And then they would be like, oh, I got to check with her. Yeah, I I I hated when they did that. I hated yeah. that. Yeah. So you know, and it would he would be like, oh, well, I got to see if she got something that we're doing. And then yeah. sometimes it would be that they didn't necessarily have shit that they were doing, but she still dictated the schedule. Right. And, you know, I think that, you know, some men get to their 40s and realize that that's what's been going on. And that, <laughs> yeah. that they haven't really been living their life. They've been living her life. You, you know, like you see uh, videos and memes about, um, was that, I saw one the other day about uh, your father having friends and everybody's like, no, your father doesn't have friends. It's your your wife has friends and his friends are her friends' uh, husbands. Husbands, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, <laughs> like it should, it should never be that way. You know, I can understand that you could have friends that you feel like are, she might feel like is a, a bad reflection of him, influence yeah. on him. But again, they're his friends, you know. Yeah. And she, she shouldn't have a right to dictate who his friends are. Yeah. You know, because I know we tried to pull that shit. It, it wouldn't fly. Yeah. 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 I, I've definitely been in those situations where, like, I couldn't come over anymore because wifey and wifey either married or not married, but just wifey is like, oh, don't hang with Bishop because, you know, he this, that, whatever. He, he's single. He, you know, I've seen <laughs> the girls he's with, blah, blah, blah. And I get this after they break up or even during their or you know i ask why well, how come we, we haven't you know you haven't called me have we haven't hung around oh because you know i gotta be real you know my my girl don't like you or or she thinks you're a bad influence blah blah i haven't done anything i'm just i'm just single you know what i mean like that's the that's the whole reason like i'm, I'm single i have a single crew we're all single he's he might be the only one who's in a committed relationship for over a year or two and the chick is just insecure you know what i'm saying i had a friend come over here one time and his girl called him every 10 minutes bro and i was like man you got notification you should i was like you could turn your notifications off your phone you know that right he's like no that's my girl i was like god damn bro did you tell her where you're going she said he said yeah i said why is she what's going on She she just i don't know she just she wilder right now because she with the single dude because you're with the single you know yeah friend you don't 
like I and I have no intentions of like, oh, let's go to the club, let's go to the bar, let's go get some bitches, blah blah. blah. Like I'm not like that, man. It's just yeah. so they're in their own head. They watch too much TV, maybe too many, too much Wendy Williams. I don't know what it is that you know they're on these podcasts, you know, uh, rabbit holes or whatever, uh, feminist podcasts or some shit, whatever YouTube's, and they just get in their own heads, man. And it's just so. It's sad and it's effed up. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like home. I don't like friends who don't have an established the alpha male dominance in the household. And I'm not talking like aggressive or anything. I'm just talking like, yo, I can keep my friends. You can keep your friends. We have this trust. You know, my finances are your finances, and vice versa. Blah blah blah. Like, I don't. I don't understand what's going on in the households. Well, a lot of them. It's. So I've been in a, a relationship for a long time, but mm-hmm. we still have separate lives. We have a life yes. together, but we have separate lives. And a lot of these cats end up where they don't have a separate life. And she doesn't want them to have a separate life because she doesn't trust them. Right. You know, uh, rightly or wrongly. But uh, me and her don't like all the same things. And I don't want to drag her to shit that she doesn't like. And she doesn't want to drag me to stuff that I, I don't like. And so you're like, you know, go with your girls to that and let me know, you know, how it was. I'm not, you know, my girl likes country music. I'm not trying to go to a Garth Brooks concert. Oh, hell no. It's it's not happening. So it was like, hey, you got a girlfriend that wants to go take her. You guys have fun. I'll see you when you get home. Call me if you need a ride, if you guys drink. Right. Yeah. It's it's some shit that simple. And, you know, some people think that they can stop people from cheating or whatever by being around. Like, no. Like, the only thing that stops a person from cheating is them not wanting to cheat. Right. You know? Right. So you're not, you're, you're not going to create, you're not going to make him stay with you or be with you unless they want to be with you. But I think, like, women probably think, <laughs> they probably think, like, we're dogs. You put food in front of a dog, the dog's going to eat the food. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we're not like that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like, it's not like if I go to a strip club, I'm going to, you know, F this stripper. Like, no, like we need consent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if a girl's butt naked in front of me and she's fine, she look like, you know, a young Halle Berry. That don't mean I'm going to go try to F her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, it's just, I don't know if that's their mentality, but it's, it's not. It's not how it works, <laughs> especially nowadays. You know. Yeah. I mean? so, look. So I got sent to the strip club one night. Uh, Are you getting we sent? Went, you got sent. You got requested. We went to. <laughs> we went to uh, Iowa to a friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's we're in it's us, and then we're in Iowa, and the guys are going to the strip club for the bachelor party. All right. Yeah. So she's like, go. You know. I was go like, have fun. She's like, go have fun. I was like, okay, cool. Are you sure? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so I go. I'm from California. Uh, I'm in Iowa with a bunch of dudes from Iowa. And so they're like, okay, we want you to have fun because you're not from here. And so one of the guys pays for me to get a lap dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it was a lap dance. We had fun. I came back and she was like, oh, you smell like stripper. I'm like, well, you didn't send me to the fucking film factory. You right. sent me to the strip club. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get a dance. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you expect to happen? It's going to smell like perfume you know. and titties. <laughs> and, and baby powder. That's that and baby, <laughs> baby powder, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> Keep it fresh. 
Yeah. But, you know, they said she, she was a bit upset about that, but it's like, that's what it is, you know? Uh, I don't, she's gone to see, was it Thunder from Down Under? Mm, what's, what, what was that? That's the uh, strippers that they toured her states. So, like, she's been to that. Nah, I wasn't like, she got back. Like, oh, well, what did you do? You know? Yeah. Like, you went to Thunder from Down Under. Just bring that ass back here when you come. When you... Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I think they're in their own heads. I don't. I don't it, it's too much of this like feminine energy, like feminine alpha energy going around. It's too, a lot of women who are, you know, they're making their own money now, and, and it's less women. Uh, I won't say being housewife with the housewife agenda. They just they all want to make their own money now, and I think we're lo- we we lose that, you know, submissive woman th- thing where. But I, I also think too we're not we're not helping either by cheating because some of us do cheat, some of us do have mistresses, you know, some of us you know have that like window of time in the marriage where they go out and hang out with the boys and just you know get crazy, you know what I mean? And um, it's a concern. That's always been the case. Yeah, it's always been I, the case. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm from the south. I don't know. I mean, you. I'm, you know, people out here act like it doesn't happen, but you know, I don't know too many males that didn't have outside kids, even good wow. men. You know, you know, yeah, yeah. E- e- you know, even dudes that were work, you know, give their wife the check at the end of the week and all of that that didn't have end up with you know some outside. I mean, and sh- we have to be honest, you know, sh- people do get bored with each other. You know, uh, and, yeah. You know, if you don't, uh, you, especially if you're in a long-term relationship, and uh, there, there comes there are stretches where you get tired of each other, especially if you're not making an effort to keep things moving. You know, uh, to 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 try to participate in the area, and then you get shit like uh, people will get sick. You know, uh, mm. people will go through bouts of depression you know, and shit like that, where it's not happening. And, you know, and sometimes people end up taking each other for granted. And, you know, there's always a chick at work that wants to pay extra attention to you that comes and touches your arm. Mm. Oh, what do you need? <laughs> yeah, How are yeah. you doing today? And yeah. then the next thing you know, you know, but that's, like I said, that's on both parties to make sure that they they work on the relationship, you know. Sometimes yeah. we, we think it's you, you're in it and you don't have to do anything, uh, you know, and it could be on either party. Like, oh, I caught him. So I ain't got to do nothing else. Like, no, you still got to work. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's like making the NBA or the NFL. It's like you there now, but that ain't it. You know, like that's just the beginning. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, you still got work. You still got keep working, working harder. You know, you got you got to look for, to get that championship after getting the championship or after losing, trying to get the championship. Or what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Like just yeah. you just gotta keep working, staying fit and stuff. So yeah, I I always advocate for you know play around in your twenties. No, find out who you are. Go to school or go to trading or whatever. Get a trading. Get a certi- certified in something. Get your money right. You know what I'm saying? And then 
get a job and elevate in that company or whatever you want to do, you know, find yourself, you know, meditate, do drugs or so, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, take on hobbies, invest in yourself and, you know, spend money on good things and not Travis Scott shoes. And then, um, then you find your woman, you know what I mean? Go look for your yeah. mate or whatever in your late twenties, early thirties, you know what I'm saying? Don't think about kids right now. Just think about building a, 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 a what do you like? A, a, a base. Yeah. For your household, because, you know, you might find a woman and she ain't, ain't it. But because you dealt with, you know, five, 10, whatever, 20 different girls, you know what you want now in your late 20s to early 30s or mid 30s, whatever. You know, so now you know what you want. Now you, you're not you're not in the player mode anymore. You know what I'm saying? Now you're like, OK, I got my money. I got my base. Now I need to find her. OK, I found her potential her. We'll see where this goes. Okay, this is working. Okay, now we're in a monogamous relationship. I'm not bored. We commu- communicate too. That's the, and you tell me what you think. To me, my in my opinion, I think your significant other should be your best friend, because because that leaves that gives you the route of open communication. There's nothing taboo. There's nothing you're hiding. Nothing. This is your best friend. You're not worried about breaking up. You're taught. You're telling her your deepest, darkest secrets. You know, you had sex with a man. You shot somebody in the foot. You did opioids and, and lost your wallet. You know, all this crazy shit you would never tell anybody. This is your best friend. So even if you guys do get, they get bored with sex. You're like, you know what, honey, I'm, I'm kind of getting bored. She's like, oh, okay, what do you, what can I do, or what can we do, or what you know what I mean? Like, can we do we bring in another person? Do we bring in a, a doll? Do we bring in toys? You know, what can we do? Can we explore things? Do we need to go to a, a orgy bar or something, a sex bar or something? You know what I mean? Like you have those adult questions because this is your best friend and you want to maintain the relationship. People who don't do that to me are people who aren't into the relationship at all. Like they're just ready to kind of like let it go with it's just my fault because they kind of want to like break up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you got to like the person that you're in a relationship with. Yeah, like, you, that's your best friend. You like your yeah. best friend, you know and, what I mean? And that's almost as important as loving them, is liking them. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. And I also want to throw in love, love, like, and lust. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I totally, yeah. you have to have, you have to have lust for your significant other so the sex would be still good or maintain the sex drive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that means being fit or her being, and be her being fit or you know, adding on to certain things or, you know, role playing and, or cosplaying or whatever to yeah. keep the bedroom lights on or off. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. And, you know, to go back to what you said about the, the so uh, I used to have this, I have this theory uh, and I said, you know, a man shouldn't marry a woman who's younger than 28. Mm. 26 26, maybe <laughs> 26 maybe 25 is, nah. is barely on the cusp but i like that know, i like that lower than 28 yeah because it's women you would lose their minds between the ages of 14 and 28 oh man i like that they have no idea who they are nope don't know what they want from minute to minute yeah we don't either but yeah we yep, don't either, but, but we don't take it to the extreme that they take it to like yeah. not most of us anyway and most of us do date younger women do as we get older. Women. But yeah, keep going, keep going. Uh, and but what I've learned, and, and my theory has proven to be right. Mm. I say because they're going to wild out. If they don't wild out between 14 and 28, 
they're going to be 42 dressed like their, their daughter. Oh, my God. I hate that. I, you, it's all over here, out here, yeah. all over. So, and what I've learned is uh, my theory was actually on right on point because the human brain doesn't develop fully until about the age of 28. Yes. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay. So now it makes sense. Yeah. I was seeing. Yeah. That's why I said late 20s, early 30s, you know, yeah. your mind is already right. You're tired of playing. You, your, your money's good. Your body's right. Now you're ready. As a man, you're ready. Yeah. And so, and for them, I mean, they say every woman goes through a whole phase. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, and, and if, like I said, if they don't hit it early, they're going to hit it late. Cause they don't feel like they're left out. Yep. And even, you know, I, I, I know many women who had kids early and then their kids got like 12 to 13 and they're like, they don't want to be a mom anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What they want to do. And yeah, the kids wallet. like, what, you know, like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Where's my parental guidance? <laughs> I still need a mom. Yeah. You know, she went out and, to the bar. <laughs> yeah. And that's just if you got teenage girls, cause then you, what you, cause then they're going to mirror your actions. You know, they're either, yeah. gonna, they're either gonna mirror or mom. So they're either gonna mirror what you're doing or they're gonna turn into your mom and try to protect you yeah. because of what you taught them early. And yeah. you hopefully they don't turn into mom to the point where they're in a codependent relationship with you where they gotta make sure that you're safe. Yeah, yeah. And then those, those daughters will also look for a father figure and the boyfriend. So they're most yeah. likely date. They'll be like 18 years old dating the 40, 50, 60 year old dude. Yep. You know what I mean? Who might not even got shit. Who, who's a loser, but because he's older, you think they think he has wisdom and shit. And it's not, yeah. and then the guy will take full advantage of that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it's just another vicious cycle just because the mom didn't sow her wild oats at 20, you know, broke yeah. up in early in her like late thirties almost 40 she's pushing 40 and she's you know what i'm saying going out she look she's 40 in a, in a in a midlife crisis but we don't call it a midlife crisis it's like oh she was a mom so you know she gets to do her thing now like you don't treat it the same like no she, hey uh it's i said i said all the time it's 2021 you have had a child in the last 20 years you made a decision to make to have a child mm because it's not like when we and you were 19 and 20. Yeah. And the, uh, there was, uh, there was, was it a pill and condoms pretty much? They, and were the to, they were just starting to get the shot and the uh, depot shot and the uh, diaphragm. Like that shit was uh, coming. Yeah. Okay. When we were, when, when, at least when I was 19, 19 to 22, that yeah. shit was coming it wasn't there so there's too many opportunities to prevent pregnancy mm. since 2000 in order for you to not have kids to have say that oh well he should have did this like no it's you had an opportunity to prevent a pregnancy and yeah. I, that's before you even get to abortion yeah but i'll be honest like how many oh go ahead finish it finish your point and for the women that say, well, he's, you know, why should I be responsible? Is because you have the baby. Right. If I had more responsibility, if, if, if the action greatly affected me more than it did you, then I would take the precautions to do that. 
And then mm-hmm. I don't know how many girls that I knew uh, back when I was uh, in my twenties that were like, "Oh, you don't need anything." And you know, my <laughs> that's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> yeah, my dad would always be like, "You awesome," and you know, I got always, "Oh, you don't need nothing." And then the next thing you know, <laughs> caught up. Yeah, caught up. You know, so you need an usher. You know, what I'm saying you, know, you caught up. If if you with her in her twenties and she can't remember that. To, to do a simple thing that you yeah. see her doing on a daily basis, on a consistent basis, yeah. she's not remembering to take the pill on a consistent basis. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think a lot of women too, like when they really like you, they're kind of will come off. Like even like the first, first time, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she liked you so good, so badly, like she'll, She'll she'll wave the condom. <laughs> Send this waiver. We waving the condom, and then we can yeah. go. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, no, I don't. No. Not, uh, I'm, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put it on. I'm not gonna sign that. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna yeah, use like, this. Yeah, like no, voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, is it? Oh my god, that's what I was gonna say. Like sometimes you got as even as a dude, like sometimes you got so much game, you could like convince them to not put it on for some reason because I initially they don't want it on anyway. But they also don't want to get pregnant. So you put a, you say, the game, the end game is, uh, uh, you know, I got, I got good pull out. You know, I, mean? I pull out real quick, or she'll say, you need, you better pull out, because she don't want the condom either. You know what I mean? And that's a thing I think guys don't understand too. Like women don't want it either, but they know, predominantly or major, not predominantly, but I guess predominantly or. Ma- on the, on the major level, if she's pregnant, she's going to have to take care of the kid. Like, it's easy for the guy to bounce. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even though they do have, you know, the uh, child support laws or whatever in Cali, especially in Cali, it's horrible. But um, we're not thinking about that. You know what I mean? Because how many guys have gone, gotten away with that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, we don't see that responsibility, any responsibility, because we're not carrying the seed. So it's like, you know, out of sight, out of mind. You know what I mean? But then it comes to uh, what's that movie with Seth Rogen and the oh knock up knock yeah up. then it comes up into a knock up situation you know and most of the times we're not supportive and yeah. and that's the part that sucks but you know what I'm saying? I say strap up all the time every, every time. time every time I will say I I did not do that a lot <laughs> but I I had good pullout game. And I also watched a lot of, I mimicked porn because I like to spray. So <laughs> <laughs> I like to pull out and paint. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I like to do the Pollock uh, paintings, you know what I mean? So yeah. I did that on purpose because I wanted to. <laughs> I like the vision. I'm a visual person. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yep. So I had no problems uh, with that. I also want to uh, bring up a warning too, like, because I, I did date a woman who didn't have friends, and it was very difficult because although I did want to do things with her, like almost everything she wanted to do, I had no problem with doing. It, it just cost money, and I wasn't really that into it to where like I wanted to pay fifty bucks to go watch somebody or some burlesque show. Like I'm not gonna pay like thirty dollars for that. I'm not really into it. But if if I had money to waste. Because uh, at the time I didn't have that kind of money, then I probably would have done it, but I didn't, and I w- and, and I felt bad that she didn't have any friends to do that 
with, you know, and I could see in her face like she'd be sad and it really made me sad and it hurt me uh, that, you know, she lived this life not really having any like friend friends, you know what I'm saying? They're just kind of like, what kind of friends? They're kind of like, is that a fair weather friend? No, 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 it's not a fair weather friend. Just like, you know, disposable friends. Yeah. You know, not really, you know, like, like, not anybody you can talk to, you know, your problems with. Like, she'll go out with people and they'll just talk about their shit and never ask her about her shit. You know what I mean? Like, she has no, she had no friends who she can divulge things with. You know what I mean? And it is kind of, I just kind of felt bad for her. But she, she should have joined a meetup group. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I did that. I tried to do that too when I first moved out here because I, you know, you come out here or anywhere you want to find your tribe. So I went to do, I went to three different meetups. And they were all failures, and they were, and they were all in like things that I was into, and um, well, um, well, they were mainly like movie stuff, but um, fail, fail, yeah. fail, fail, fail. <laughs> I don't like to be forced to talk to people, and I don't like to be, uh, I don't like people. I don't like if they have hidden agendas. You know, I thought that we were supposed to do this to you know meet people and you know you know build networking or friendships and it and mo- for the most part it wasn't like that at least for me i'm not saying not to do it for anybody else i was encourage anybody to go on meetup.com uh i also wanted to do my own but you have to pay to create your own and i'm like i'm not paying like i don't care if it's a dollar like well I, if it was a dollar i probably would have did it but <laughs> but um i'm not gonna pay to do this stuff dude but i get it i understand why you have to pay but that's just weird to me. I don't know. No, I guess no. They're a business, whatever. Yeah, you know they got to make their money somehow. They got to make their money hey, somehow. Yeah, I don't know if there's any advertising on the website, so that's the other part of that. Yeah, I don't remember. I I think they have like event advertisements, so I think they have like one or two, but they're all like event bright or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But um, they they yeah they mainly make make their money off of the the fee that you have you uh, you have to pay to create a group. Yeah, they have so many groups on there. You know what I mean. So they're, they're I'm not. I'm gonna say they're doing fine, but they're, they're making their money. I'm. I'm a total advocate for that website, though. By the way, I mean, there's. I mean, they're doing fine. A lot. I see a lot of groups on there, especially like photography groups and singles groups and uh, over forty groups or you know whatever. Especially the acting ones. Uh, they have like a thousand people on there. Like now, finding a place is difficult. You know to bring everybody there you know obviously i don't want anybody in my spot you'd have to the places i went either had their own building or studio or they did it on like a wednesday at a bar where you can go into the back and they'll like they'll uh reserve the back but everybody has to buy a drink or something or tip the bartender or something like that which we would and uh or you know you go to a cafe or whatever yeah, um, my girl was she had a group, and she took over a group from somebody else. Mm-hmm. But, I see that too. Yeah, but part of that was is that I've always encouraged her to meet people and to make outside friends because I don't want to be the sole. I don't. I don't want to be the sole of anybody for anybody. Like, yeah, I want. I don't want to have to. I don't want to, the weight of having to carry another person and yeah and i'm not necessarily saying that you're carrying that person but 
I want her to have an outside interest to be able to stand on her own. And when we meet together, we're to you know we're two people who yeah. are on even ground. Well, I I encouraged my ex too. Like I I, I actually. To be honest, I didn't mind going places with her because, you know, we're in L.A. There's hella stuff to do here. Uh, we did so many things while we were together. But I also just I did want her to have her own friends because I had my own friends. And but I also didn't mind her coming to the events that we were going to because I, right. I think she would have liked it, you know. And but and we also had the same taste in almost 90 percent of things. So it was easy for us to go to the same places. It's just like, again, like a burlesque show, if it costs too much money <laughs> to me, it don't make no sense. I'm not going to go. You know what yeah. I mean? And then, and then I remember one time I didn't want to go to this thing. And she was like, I wish I had friends. And I was, it just hurt my heart to hear her said that. Cause I wish she did too. Cause I really wanted her to go to that. I just didn't want to go. You know what I mean? I'm older than her. You know, I'm, I'm tired. I got, you know, yeah. she, she got too much energy. <laughs> like, dude, I'm trying to, I just want to watch Netflix and chill. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she, you know, so yeah. um, I, I just, I, I feel, I just feel bad. Yeah. Cause I know for stuff like that, if I didn't want to do it like that, but I knew it was something that she was into or wanted to do, then I would buy tickets for her and her friend to go. But you know, oh, say, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, you know, like, oh, well, I don't want to go, but hey, here are tickets for you. And at that yeah. time, it was her friend Dawn. Like, you guys can go, yeah. or you know, whoever else she wants to go. And yeah. then she would return the favor, like you know, yeah. Like me and Rock went to see um, Most Def and Quali in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, on tickets that she bought for me, but she didn't want to go to San Francisco on a Wednesday night to see most Def and Quali. Like yeah. it's not, not worth it for her. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth it for her. Yeah. But she knew it was something I want to do. And she was like, okay, so, you know, get one of your boys and you know, you guys go. So yeah. we went, we went and saw them in San Francisco. It was a great night. Yeah. Uh, we saw them and they, uh, it was when Fela was in the, the theater in San Francisco. Mm. So the, uh, uh, the cast of Fela came by the show after. Oh, okay. So, you know, they came and, Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yo, did, did you? I just watched this yesterday, and yesterday for us right now is, is a Sunday. So, um, Summer of Soul. I have watched Hulu. all of it, but I watched. I think I got through half of it yesterday or the day it, This this documentary inspired me so much. I will say, I watched the Afropunk documentary a long time ago. And then I saw them grow and I'm like, that inspired me to want to do a festival. And then I hear we have like the Brown Lemonade and we have Broke Cella. And like, I think those are all dope and stuff, you know, we Warp Tour and um, like the idea of just having a bunch of bands, um, yeah. you know, Coachella is like that, but, but a bunch of bands at the same time. But I'm not really a fan of that, uh, but this particular <coughs> uh, Harlem festival, as a black person, just paying attention and and sitting through the whole thing, man, were you just blessed with every form of music that we create? Created, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, even if you came there to watch Sly, yeah, you'd have to sit through a bunch of your music. Like even after you saw Sly, you probably stayed. Because you're like, what else is next? What else is I can uh I don't know 
uh, about or learn I can learn from you know what I mean like because during you know during the time the climate of the time and the in the neighborhood and you know uh whatever events was happening around the world or America or whatever you know black folks was tired and they in that festival man was that med it just looked like medicine yeah and you know at the end of the show like you nobody left <laughs> so because because in the beginning the guy says you know some people get, came here to see one person but i really doubt that they left after seeing that one person because even with me like i knew everybody there but i never saw them live yeah and i could imagine being black at that time going to a free fucking show and being blessed with every form of music it's just it'll just inspire me to do something like that like i'm thinking like you can I do something like that out here? Like, can, is that possible? They're sponsored by <laughs> Maxwell House, one sponsor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All those acts who did it probably out of the, out of love, yeah, were like popular. Some, most of them, all of them were popular acts. It's amazing, dude. Amazing. I was sitting with my friend. I'm saying, "Dang, can I do something like that? Like, can we do this something something like that now and and make it pro black?" And you know, we, we got into the conversation of trap music, and I'm like, "Well, there's." Positive trap, and she showed, and she let me listen to some some positive trap music. I'm saying, okay, we could do it. Like this can happen here. Like non nigger rap, non you know negative image music. It's very and 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 include younger people who are doing that kind of music. It can it can happen and sit and have it back to back to back instead of having you know different acts at the same time like Coachella. No, back to back to back. You have to stick to the whole thing. So in North Carolina. Uh, for the people out there, I'm from North Carolina. They do this thing called the Art of Cool Festival. Mm. Uh, it's in September. It's like September 27th, 28th, 29th was how they did it in 2019. Mm. Uh, they had uh, Jill Scott, uh, Ari Lennox, Run DMC. Oh, wow. Uh, Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> Uh, Michael Eric Dyson was there. Uh, DJs, different DJs, like yes, everybody. Look, all the DJs that you like, yeah, were there, right? Either twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, right? Like all of them. Like Ninth Wonder was there. Yeah, uh, well, he would had, be there. Yeah, they, they had, <laughs> they had uh, Anthony Hamilton was one of the one of the headliners. Yeah. So, so Anthony Hamilton is one place. Yeah, uh, Michelle and Dick Otello's there. I mean, just wow. Yeah, like you, like you were saying, it's it was like that. Uh, but was it back to back to back, or was it like acts performing at the same time at different stages? It was both. So some of it. So the so like the 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 Friday led up into the Sunday of the back to back to back. Mm-hmm. So Friday and Saturday nights were like the DJs or the smaller acts perform like in a venue on Friday and Saturday night. And then right. on Sunday night at the big stadium was like Jill Scott and uh but and I asked the guy, I was telling the guys here about it, and I was like, could we do that here? I think you could, yes. In Sac, yeah. in Sacramento. I think you could, but I wouldn't. I would do it. See, I really want to do it like like the Summer of Soul did it, like the Harlem Festival did it. 
I want to go back to back to back because it kind of forces people to listen to other people's music that they never thought. Like, like you take that documentary and when they had like the Latin cube, the Latin, you know. So, uh, wait, so here was what the Friday lineup was. Uh -huh. The Friday lineup was Jill Scott, Annie Li Ari Lennox, uh, Black Violin, Marcus Anderson, Yolanda Rubin, uh, DMC, mm. The Amores, Flint Eastwood, DJ Francis, and DJ Skaz. Saturday was Run DMC, Houdini, Big Daddy Kane, featuring the Symphony, Cool G Rap, Craig G, and Master Ace, uh, the Chicago Kid, Jessica Arcara Moore, DJ Talib Kweli, <laughs> The Emotional Oranges, DJ, uh, who else was it? The thing keeps flashing on me. That's why I keep pausing. Yeah. But that's like the whole weekend. That's that's Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. Yeah. It's three days. Yeah. Yeah. See, I wouldn't. That's a good idea. I wouldn't do that, but that's a good idea. I mean, a lot of festivals do that. Coachella does that. There's something going on. Uh, damn, there's another festival going on. It's like some. It's like a three day festival with Tyler, the creator, and and uh, some other. I wouldn't do it like that. I'd rather do it like. At least for me, because if if I did have the money and have the opportunity, you know, uh, I would do it like the Harlem Festival, like one day, a bunch of acts. They only they're only doing a few songs. They're not doing a lot of songs, right? You know, like one, two, maybe three. You know what I mean? Uh, they had com I would I would bring comedians, obviously DJs, every form of music that we. Because it's it's about education too. Because I, what I was saying is, they had like Afro, they had uh, uh, Latin Afro music there, and you might be living in Harlem. You you're not familiar with that music. You never gave it a chance. But you went to that festival. And you gave it a chance because you didn't want to leave. You had a good spot on the on the lawn. You're cool. You're chilling. You're gonna listen to it. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're a Muslim, and then the gospel stuff come came on. You still feel it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not religious, but when they, when that man when the stable singers came on and yeah. The hell you Jack said, oh my God. You know what I mean? Like I still feel it. You know what I'm saying? So you, it would it would force you to re sit, relax, enjoy, and to listen to music that maybe you wouldn't normally listen to. Uh, you know, kind of like going to <laughs> one of my DJ gigs, you know. So yeah. um but the crazy but, thing is that we have festivals like this for for white performers. Uh, right. You know, like they had the one uh over by the uh the river here, mm. they have it every year. Uh, it's like a rock festival, uh, but we never have one. I'm like, we could do the same thing with like black artists. Yes. Just not ghetto artists. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I think every state should do a, a, a gig like this, like, you know, positive, you know, black music, you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of artists like Common would do it for half or for free, you know, do it, make it a charity, you know, do donations, make it free, get a few sponsors and, you know, ask a few artists to come out for free or, or whatever. In, in 2018, Erica Badu was on the lineup. Like I said, the first year was ridiculous, bro. Right. Like the lineup for the first year of it was just, uh, your your head would have exploded. Yeah. That that, that first 
that first year. And they did it like, you know, like you were saying with Chowchilla, where Chowchilla where they had different people performing at different spots. But yeah. the people were ridiculous of who were, they were there. Yeah. Like, uh, and, but it, they made it so that it would hit like every age group. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, again, I, without good. having trap music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like how Afropunk does it because they have, they'll have, you know, a lot of black rock groups, but then they'll have, sometimes they have hip hop, you know, uh, trap, but it's like New York trap. Yeah. Or stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's all over the place. But, but they, they do, I think they do like different acts go on at the same time like the warp tour and i don't i don't like that like i would rather everybody just chill you know have uh, you know have an act intermission act intermission and the intermission would be a dj stay and dance or leave take a break go go pee pee poo poo whatever get some food and come back and you know enjoy the sun um and the music so i want i would want it back to back to back so i think i think uh I think that's probably, you know, maybe five, ten acts or yeah. six, you know what I mean? Like, make it worth the while. Not not, not five. <laughs> but, um, plus, out here, there's so many, like, acts out here who are from here, Los Angeles. It would be so easy to do something like that. You know, bring people back, bring new people in, bring old people, you know. I'm thinking, like, Ozzy Brothers, and then Frank Ocean, and then Elijah Blake, you know, Drizzy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then Common, Talib Kweli, DJing, you know, Terrence Howard, uh, yeah. you know, then, you know Mid- and, Midnight Hour. Yeah, like I said, that happened on the, the East Coast. So, you know, they just had people that came that were there that just came down or came up. Yeah, that part too. That's man, can you imagine like LA is just like that? I mean, how many how many times is like I remember somebody uh in the news I read it somewhere where when Guns N' Roses was coming out before they had their show cuz they had a show coming, they went to like the Viper Room or something in LA to perform impromptu an impromptu show. Yeah. And you know, they went to a small bar to perform. And nobody knew they were performing. It's just because they were there. I, I can't tell you how many times I go out and somebody in the audience is, fa- you know, somebody famous is there just enjoying the music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many times has, uh, <clears throat> who does the wonderful, uh, God, I forgot his name. Anyway, how many times they do the wonderful out here and Stevie Wonder comes up to yeah. sing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that happens, dude. So it might not happen out there <laughs> unless by chance <laughs> somebody act is there. But yeah, the only the only time that happens is when Dave was when Dave wasn't anywhere and he would just pop up in San Francisco or Sacramento and be like, I'm doing a show. Right. Yeah. But even San Francisco in the Bay Area, like it happens there all the time too, because they live there, you know. Yeah. Or they're from there, you know what I mean? But out here, especially, it's 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 uh, ridiculous. You know, sometimes though, somebody will be in the audience, uh, and the DJ will call them up. They'll call, come up there, do an impromptu one, two songs, and you know, get back, 
do whatever they want. Or they'll have like a comedian in there. He'll host the dang show <laughs> or the or the night, you know, make, you know, make fun of people and getting the crowd hype. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's insane. Uh, so that that documentary, dude. You know, shout out to Questlove, man. That's, and it's like, how many festivals in the past has been uh, done and we don't know about? Yeah, you know what I mean. That that too went ran through my mind. You know what I'm saying? They filmed it and everything, and everybody, nobody wanted to buy it. Yeah, insane. Yeah, in FSA, but then because of that, we had a cool documentary. Yeah, well, you have to. I, I I'll have to look at the. I didn't look at the. Can't remember the year on the documentary. It was uh, sixty nine. Oh, sixty nine. Okay, so during that era, uh, we were just coming out of them not necessarily wanting black people on television. So right, had, yeah. Uh, had, so you remember, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nat King Cole had a show. Hmm. Uh. And, you know, Nat King Cole is the most PC black person you'll ever find. Right. Like, in the history of blackness in America, Nat King Cole is PC. White people love him. White people love him. The acceptable Negro, as acceptable as a Negro could get during this time period. Do you know that white people from the South were calling their their television stations saying, get that nigga off my TV? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. So that happened, which made the industry uh, cool on black people. Like, they didn't want to put, like, a black show on television. Yeah. So then you had Julia, which was the show with um, Diane Carroll. That got some traction, uh, which made it a little bit okay. But then you had the Flip Wilson show. Mm Mm-hmm. And Flip Wilson is probably the comedian that gets the least amount of praise or props, but who did the most to open doors for us. Right. Uh, Because the Flip Wilson show became so popular that then everybody wanted a Negro. Right. So, like, it cost... Cash cow. (laughs) Like, it cost more money to be on the Flip Wilson show than it did to do, to, I mean, to, to do a commercial on the Flip Wilson show than it did the Super Bowl. Because more views. Or... Yeah, no, but I'm saying that's how, you know, that's how big the show was. Yeah, like yeah. The, the biggest advertising day of the year is the Super Bowl, you know. Yeah, they just, so yeah, so the, the festival just came at a, came at a bad time for television, <laughs> so, but it came at a great time for Harlem. Because right. they needed it, they needed that. right. So, but what I'm saying is, for that's why this, it didn't get bought because yeah. at that point they didn't believe they didn't they weren't invested in black people like that. Yeah. But Flip made it to where. You, so you end up with Good Times, the Jeffersons, Sanford's mm. son, all of that out of that era because of the Flip Wilson show. Yeah, and then also they were competing with Woodstock because I think Woodstock was the same yeah. week or. Something like or a day maybe, yeah. and um, you know the you know the uh, media was more focused on that because they were wild and you know Hell's Angels, the artists that they had yeah. over there, like yeah, so um, yeah, so you know that would have make it, that would have made it you know th- that hadn't happened yet, so the idea of it being profitable wasn't right, the, right the idea, and then you did have Woodstock, and you know it still looked like probably the most legendary festival. Uh, in American history, 
you know, even though it was put together like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you didn't have you didn't have all the the problems that they had at Woodstock, you didn't have it in Harlem. Oh uh, I mean, yeah. I mean you that's white people. <laughs> and uh, uh I don't think they even I didn't see any security except for police who were scattered and they were fine and I think they were enjoying the music too. So it was very peaceful. They didn't Unless, unless Questlove didn't show that there was no fights or anything, it was, it was very peaceful and, and enjoyable, and as opposed to to Woodstock, but um, yeah. the Woodstock just had more bigger commercial acts. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying. Even though the Harlem Festival did have big commercial acts, um, it just had more traction, had more attention. That's all. Uh, yeah. But yeah, again, it comes down to money. That's all, because they had the good cameras out and everything. You know what I mean? It's just, it just came down to money, and and they couldn't sell it if that was the, uh, the main point of it. But again, because of that, we got a great documentary, and we probably, we probably wouldn't have got as much information as we did with this documentary if that had been on TV. Although somebody made it, might have done a behind the scenes because. Maybe there's more footage of behind the scenes and stuff. But I thought whoever edited that Summer of Soul did a great job. Like yeah. the way they did it. You know. Uh man, it very again, inspiring, dude. Like I don't know how much it costs to do a festival. I've I've done I've worked at I've DJ festivals. I've never been behind the scenes. I just know it's very stressful. I don't know if I could handle that and handle different uh, personalities and writers and acts and you know their yeah. entourage. It just sounds yeah. like a a lot. So one one is you got to make sure you got pre-sale tickets, and then two you got to make sure your sponsors. Yes. And anything that you tell somebody that you got to do, you make sure that you deliver on what you tell them. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I did. I did. Uh, I forgot what I what festival it was with the United States with Paul and uh, I'm. I'm uh, very fortunate he let me be a part of that. And um, even trying to talk to them was hard. I didn't even try because they were running all over the place. You know what I mean? And it was just like, oh, I I could see in their face that, oh, you just want water? I got to take care of all these acts. And then what if they come in or not come in and what time they're coming and set up the headliner and uh, you want water? (laughs) Why is it (laughs) really Like that. Hey, hey, you know, uh, I I don't know how many times you've seen uh, most deaf, but most deaf show up when he want to show up. <laughs> yeah, I saw him on the Pe- uh, People's Party podcast with the. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm I talking about seeing him perform. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I I was at UC Davis, and I think we waited like two hours for him to get to the show. I think I was there too. Yeah. So that's what I'm. Yeah, saying. I remember so, that. Yeah, so that's the thing that you have to deal with is, you know, they show He's up like Lauryn Hill. Yeah, like, I'm going to show up <laughs> when I want to show up. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we've been sitting here, like, motherfucker, you, like, you know, you're at a college. Yeah. You know, they run things a certain way. So you got to be here within the parameter of their times. And then, you know, the people are just sitting around like, like, come on, dude, you going to show up or not? Yeah. yeah. And then you're young and you're antsy and... Yes. I remember... Yeah. I remember Estelle did that at Harlow's in in the beginning or the end of American Boy fad, right? And she came late. And not only did she come late, 
but she didn't even perform, dog. She yeah. went up there and had like a a live interview with some host of on the 102 or 103, whatever. And the crowd was not having it. They were throwing water at her, ice cubes. People wanted their money back. People were booing, like, because they were already drunk. It was like yeah. 11 o'clock. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, you don't fuck with Sack. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they spent a lot of money because, you know, out, out there is like the, the, the price goes up more because it's a rare act. They got to pay for the act and the location. Nobody really comes to Sack that much. No. So the prices are a little more higher than it would be out here. So yeah. it's like... So, yeah, so they got somebody that performed in San Francisco or Oakland that was like, hey, come through and we'll give you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you come an hour, if you take that trip down here, we'll pay you to, you know, come the next day or the same day or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anytime, yeah, anytime San Francisco has an act, whoever is the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the uh, promoter should keep, you know, eyes on them. And tell them to see if they come hit over here the next, uh, come to sack the next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's usually how it works. Yeah. And then it sucks because the people in Sacramento was like, oh, I would have rather went to Oakland to see it. It's like a <laughs> black hole. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, and you know, the, the crowds are better. The yeah. crowds are better and the crowds are better looking. Like I remember uh, uh, we went to uh, see Quest Love in, in Frisco and it was just funner out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The people are different. You know, not that you have to worry about, you know, seeing somebody you don't like, but like, you know, you don't know anybody really. It's always different. It's always packed. You know what I'm saying? The wonderful there out there was packed. The Quest Love joint was packed. You know what I'm saying? I, I did see Jazzy Jeff for the first time in SAC and Quest Love at the first time in SAC and the crowds were okay, you know, but yeah. it's just more lively in, in San Francisco. Yeah. I think also it's, yeah, yeah he did a set after they did they they opened for the Dave Matthews band. He did a set at Harlow's. <laughs> Dave Matthews band. Yeah, but that's who they opened for. And then you yeah. know he came and DJed at Harlow after they did their 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 show at uh, for Dave Matthews. Yeah, I remember uh, when uh, Lauren Hill came to perform at Harlow's, and I didn't go because I thought she wouldn't show up. Yeah. And then and I also thought the tickets were uh, too high. Uh, even for sack, but people went and she showed yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, I think like, I went to that show. I was like, "Oh, shame on me!" <laughs> but uh, I did, I never I saw her performances on YouTube. And stuff. I never I didn't like any of them, so yeah. that kind of threw me off too. I'm like, if she's gonna do her songs like ten times fast, like I'm not trying to hear her s- songs five times fast. Like it's it's I sound horrible, so. I think when I went, I saw the, the, it wasn't the first album, it was like the second or the live album that she did. Yeah, the Unplugged, yeah. The Unplugged, yeah. I saw saw that one. Okay, she did that album or she did that music? She did that music. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Yeah, there, I think this was a different time because this is when I think she did, you know, obviously did her first album, some food and stuff, whatever, but uh, it wasn't just Unplugged. It was just like a bunch of, it was like a real, it was a concert. Yeah, it was no, a show, was, you know. Yeah, no, it was like that stuff because you, you know, was, I've been to uh, I've been to a ton of shows and it was not memorable. Like, Wait, were her? Yeah. Oh wow! Like I'm just remembering that I went to that show when you brought it up. <laughs> yeah. it, it, yeah. it didn't register like that, you know. 
Yeah. Can we talk about that Unplugged album? That Unplugged album was horrible to me because she only knew like five chords and they were all, every song was the same chord in a different structure or sequence. And, you know, the, her lyrics are always on point. Lauren Hill is a wordsmith, even when she's singing. But, like, I wish she would have just had different musicians. Like, she could play on the guitar, but have other guitarists play, too, because they would obviously obviously be better. And she got the money to pay. I just, I just thought that was just weird. See, she had to, she had to fulfill the contract. Had to fulfill her ego. No, no, no. She had to fulfill her contract. No, I get that, but she had to fulfill her ego too. Like she yeah. could have gotten better music. Right. So part of it was her ego, but the other part was she had to put something out to fulfill her the her contract obligation. Yeah, I understand that. So, but like and and she didn't want to fulfill the contract. Oh, she's being an ass. <laughs> part, part of it was that, you know. Okay. Like she was at the point where she didn't want to do what she had done. And so she did she had to do something to fulfill the contract. And so she's like, Well, I'm not that person anymore. This is who I am now. So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm well, gonna, she also didn't want to pay her taxes and I'm gonna go Tracy Chapman on y'all now. And, yeah. Well, she need that that money to pay her taxes. So she yeah. she she should have did a full a better album. Yeah. It's like it's weird for artists when I think about that, and I don't know anything about her. I don't know what she was going, what's going on in her life during that time, which was like what the early two thousands or something. Yeah. But anything she would have came out with would have been gold, would have turned to gold. She had the minus touch, you know what I'm saying? Women loved her, men loved her. We all she was she had substance, music of substance. It, it just baffles me that she comes out with miseducation, then unplugged, and then nothing. Because she. Ch- she she found her guru, and then it wasn't important to her anymore. Ah, uh, but then she did. But she still did shows, though. She Again, she lived off of that album. Again, those two albums. She had to pay. She had to fulfill the contract. Got you, and pay her taxes. I got you. Got you. So yeah. so so right now she's probably living fine. Like she loves it now because she ain't got to do shit. Yeah, you so, know. You so you know how uh, Prince had a lot of music in the vault. Yes. And then when he got to when he got tired of fucking with Warner Brothers, then he was like, "Okay, I'll just give you one of these vault albums." Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily a good album, but it was an album. Yeah. There you go. That's okay. Yeah. So you know, I got to give you. So you know, you got to give him what five? Say say you got to give him five albums. Yeah. You gave him three that were fire, and then you know you're like, okay, you're not doing me right, so I'm gonna give you these two. To, to fulfill what I got to do for you, and then yeah. uh, I think it's sad. It's so sad that I, I, I wish they, or you know, vice versa. But I wish they would have came out with music now because now they can Bandcamp, you know, SoundCloud, YouTube. They could they could do whatever they want. I mean, Prince was on. His, he was doing that after all that bullshit. He was yeah. doing whatever he wanted before he passed away. Yeah. But even with Lauren Hill, like. She would have had no obligations. She could have came out whatever she wanted, whenever she wanted. You know, Erica's doing the same thing. Now she's selling hoodies for like $80. You know, like people are buying them because they love Erica. She's doing live shows during the pandemic. I mean, making her own money off of donations or whatever. Like yeah. Lauren could, Lauren Hill could easily do that now. See, you know, Prince could have easily done that, you well, know, now. You know well, what I mean? Well, after he got free, 
there was nothing that he could do. I mean, Prince uh, Prince show would sell out in two two seconds. Oh, a hundred percent, dude, a hundred percent. So he got bigger than the record company. Yeah, and the record company wanted to make more money off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he got bigger than the record company. It's like you know, then when when you get bigger than the record company, you they they can't do anything with you. Yeah, except for what they you know tried to do. And they, yeah, they try. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. Because uh, you know all of the so Prince started all of the stuff that you're seeing now. So like, he had oh, the, that's true. Yeah, like he had yeah. the MPG Music Club where he was. Yeah. Tickets and music directly to his fans. Yeah, doing surprise shows doing surprise and stuff like that through the website. Like, yeah, the dude, website. you're he right. Doing, you're right. He was doing all of that stuff before, before you know it was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know the thing with Erica is Erica's personality sells Erica. You're not even buying the music; you're buying Erica. You know her, her, her essence. You know what I'm saying? Um. Like, yeah, go ahead. And like, like Jill Scott has that kind of personality too. India uh, Ari has that kind of personality. Hundred percent. But Lauren Hill never gave us that part of her personality. Ah, uh, I see to, what you're saying. To keep us engaged like that, right? You know, yeah. Like, I mean, because she was the precursor to all. I can say all three of those, but she didn't give us the packaging that they. And Erica was always changing. She, you know, like. I saw Erica at the Colonial Theater on Stockton Boulevard uh, with Dead Press. Yeah, we DJed that. Or Rock DJed yeah. that. Yeah, we were there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was before I knew you guys. Okay, saying, okay, okay. Yeah, but I'm saying the first time I saw Erica was at, uh, was it at the Memorial or at the uh, Arco Arena with The Roots? Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, so she went from that big space to yeah. being willing to work in this space and, you know, and everything in between and right. like doing shows with Dave where they would do pop up shows in San Francisco. Yeah. And so, that show, actually, she didn't even perform or, or perform her music. She was doing the wavy thing. Yeah. With the woo, 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 you know, and yeah. kind of like DJing. She was kind of DJing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying is she's kept herself relevant by expanding who she is. Got you. Got you. And, got we've, you. and we've got to see the different aspects of her. Where we got Lauren Hill, we got the that we got the uh, the Fuji's Lauren Hill, and then we got uh, the Miseducation Lauren Hill. We all loved that Miseducation Lauren Hill, but then she did the the unplug, unplug, and then we felt like we didn't have any access to Lauren Hill. Yeah, she just she just became a Marley mom. Yeah, and like she so, you know. She could have been relevant in that way, where still people were would be willing to do that. But she, yeah. we don't have enough of her to. We're not invested in her like that. That's true, because we all we know is the music Lauren Hill. We don't know the individual Lauren Hill. We just know that she comes whenever she wants to, and she came out with the horrible acoustic unplugged album. Right. Yeah, but a but a fantastic, you know, uh, uh, opus or like first album. You know what I mean? And yeah. Uh yeah that's yeah because yeah because Erica's all over IG Jill Scott is prevalent she's acting um yeah and we know her personality yeah, yeah. And I agree Ari's, I agree yeah, with that yeah so yeah so presence is the is a key to her because I well I will say this though if Lauren Hill came up with another album like tomorrow 
without any advertisement like Beyonce did with Lemonade, I think, or whatever, we still would buy it. <laughs> yeah. Because we want it so bad. It's like when Maxwell or or better yet, D'Angelo came yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. with the last album and kind of set it up a month before. Dude, we all bought it. I don't even hear anything. I just yeah, bought it, yeah. dog. And I love it. It's a great yeah. album. He never yeah. disappoints. Yeah. So the, yeah. if she did the same thing, I think we we're so we're still missing that void of that Lauren Hill void. I think if she did the same thing, we would buy it, dog. Yeah. Because every unreleased song I hear for her, or even like uh soundtrack songs, they're all great. Yeah. But the other part of that too is that she burned a lot of bridges. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. John Legend and all that shit. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she didn't want to give credit. Yeah. For the first album, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she, I think she was sucking on her own teat at that time. You know, she's a little arrogant. And some of the interviews and people who are, uh, I listened to who talked to her though, she's a little she she her head was in her in the clouds back then. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she was making buku bucks, winning all those awards and stuff. So she's still young. Found her 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 one had you know having kids and stuff. So. Yeah, even though I think he cheated on her, but um, yeah, she was in the clouds, bro. Yeah, she was feeling her own sauce. As my, I mean, as my folks would say, she was smelling herself. Oh, a hundred percent. She's smelling herself. Yeah, but it, she she was tasting herself, and it was salty. She should have never did. It's it's uh that I learned from that too, like because I you you have to not burn bridges be humble and you know work on yourself and work on your craft and and just have fun man you know i think money corrupts i think that's what happened too like she everything was going perfect for her and she just she couldn't handle it you know as an individual as as spiritual you think she is and deep-minded and her lyrics and all that stuff you think she's on another plane but she fell into the hollywood trap just as any normal human being would. And you would think she wouldn't because of the way her music portrays her. And I've always knew that black women like that who come off like that are just, can be just as ghetto, just as ratchet as the next black woman if she lived in the ghetto, (laughs) you know what I mean? So here's the the same tendencies. But here's the part you forget is that she was a child star. Like she, she was, yeah. She didn't like she was on the she was on the uh, was it the guiding light? I think what, was the guiding light or the younger like she was on one of those soap operas when she was like twelve. Mm. So she'd been in Hollywood, like it, you know. That's like, right. That's right. Sister Act Two. Sister Act Two. Yeah, like the Fugees and Sister Act wasn't her first venture into Hollywood. She had been in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, money just. Yeah, no, it don't I matter. Guess. It don't matter who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll, if you don't know, especially at a young age, and everything is going right, they, I, I mean, that even happened to me. Like everything, I'm making money, getting girls. You know, got a, I got my tribe, got you guys. I was nonstop, bro. You know what I'm saying? DJing all over, all over Sac, North, Northern California. It's just my head was in the clouds, and I yeah. definitely burned some bridges, which I, uh, I regret. Even with the people I don't like, I, I still regret being an asshole. Yeah. You know what I'm I regret being an asshole to my friends. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I can see that. I didn't, and I didn't even make her kind of money. I didn't go platinum. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm still an asshole. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, 
So I do sales uh, for my day job. And uh, you have to be careful that you don't, and I, and I caught myself doing it after like my first really big month. And then I started going after stuff that I knew that I couldn't do or we couldn't do because I saw the dollar sign and then I had to bring myself back in. Like, right. yeah, I'm not going to do that because I'm not ready for that. I'm going to let you guys handle those jobs and I'm going to stick to the stuff that I know that we can do and we can do a good job at. Right, uh, right. So, you know, but, you know, the idea that, you know, at the end of the month, I could get a $10,000 bonus, it makes you, like, think about doing some shit that's not ethical. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about the money. Yeah, it's all about the money. Yeah. And then even if you did, let's say you did do it, now you're top tier, and now your coworkers are looking at you like as a competition. You know what I'm saying? But those kind of jobs, like, yeah, it's just like the music industry. Like, if you do better than the, ne- than the next person on the same label, then you're the cash cow, and they put more money into you because you're the next album you come out with might be a banger too. You know, what I'm saying you're the cash cow. Everybody else falls by the wayside because you know it's like Britney Spears on Jive versus Souls of Mischief and E40. Like, they're gonna pay more attention to Britney Spears. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And they gotta let go of, of Souls of Mischief. And they gotta. Let, let go of E40 because they're not making as much money, or or they're riding on the coattails of Britney Spears until until they don't. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, I mean it's all about the dough, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I also remember the the decline of the record label when I went to try to work for Capital, and the lady told me we're not hiring now because basically because of Napster. Otherwise we would have hired you. Cause I got recommended by somebody who just saw me with the Radiohead shirt in target. <clears throat> and I told her I was a DJ. I call, I, it, I can remember vividly. I called, it was a lady. I called a, a one an A&R person at Capitol. And they said, no, we're not hiring because of the, <laughs> basically because of Napster. So that's when I was thinking, that's what I was like, okay, all these artists are going to have to like work or you know going to have to do the prince thing yeah you know what i'm saying the best blueprint i see of that is mac miller because he had his own team i don't think he was on a label he had a hell a bunch of uh, mixtapes um he only got in trouble with for one of them but he did everything right doesn't um what's his name uh tech nine do that too yeah, but he's on a isn't he on a label though? He's on the indie label though, right? I'm not sure. But that was the other person that I could think of like that. Yeah, okay, yeah, I think yeah, Tech Nine definitely DIY'd it and Mac Miller DIY'd it. Yes. And they had their own team. Um, but but they also like you said, with not they didn't do the long thing, they did the Erica Badu thing because people followed them on IG. They had personality. They did interviews. Um, I don't know about Tech Nine, but um, definitely Mac Miller. People fell in love with Mac Miller, Miller's personality. A white kid from Philly who has who love hip hop, who love music. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And was and was pure and authentic about it. I mean, can't get any better than that. So, the music industry sucks. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, 
Moon Not Moods, uh, Kareem, thanks for joining me on this uh, lovely day. It was a pleasure. All right, brother. Go ahead. Any, anytime you need me, just hit me up. Let me know ahead of time. We can do it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, my brother. All right, till the next time, two fingers.